Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart, and welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that... What is it again? (laughs) (laughs) Any pastor would kill to have on the team. Good job. (laughs) I am an uncommon church builder. I am Leading Second. Brandon Stewart, and welcome back to the Leading Second podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. So today, I'm joined by my favorite guest of all, uh, the one, the only, Lindsay Stewart. Uh, I finally made her do this. I'm happy to be here today. (laughs) I finally got her on here, and I've been wanting to do that for a while, and um, yeah, we're just going to have a conversation today. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see what happens. Pull back the veil. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I think sometimes... You know, in life and in ministry, we polish it up a little bit and we filter it on Instagram and, you know, you do whatever and maybe we can have just kind of a real conversation today. I love that. And um, so anyways, I hope it helps you today. I also want to give a big welcome to anyone who's uh, newly listening to the podcast. Uh, This is episode 11 and some of you have been with us from the beginning, but uh, I see every week, you know, new listeners uh, joining in and subscribing and and being a part, I just want you to know we're so grateful, and we consider it the honor of a lifetime to have any voice into your world, and um, you know we're doing our best to bring you perspective on leading when you're not in charge. That's what leading second is all about. So if you're newer to the podcast, in fact, I got welcomed at church this last weekend by someone uh, when he introduced me for my speaking time every service he let the church know he binge listened to our uh, podcast. Like our podcast is the new Netflix? I I mean, maybe. That's kind of what I heard. Like move over Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, so welcome to your new tribe. (laughs) We're we're glad you're here. Okay, so every episode we take a question from a listener of the podcast who's also from the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. And uh, we love hearing your questions. We have a question we want to answer today. Let's check out this question. Hey, what's up, Brandon? Uh, David Lemus here from the Movement Church in Orange County, California. Um, I'm a youth leader and I serve under pastors Carrie and Megan Robinson. Um, And we're all a huge fan of this ministry um, and what you're doing through Leading Second. I know personally it's it's blessed me and my walk and um, the way that I serve in ministry And I love just hearing all the advice and the wisdom and the counsel from people who have been in ministry for years from all over the world. It's it's awesome, man. I love what you're doing. So uh, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to come on here and ask this question. Um, So my question is this, is it wise or is it unwise to seek third party wisdom, counsel, or guidance? You know, someone from outside of my church or outside of my pastoral staff when I'm walking through something, you know, is that something that I should be careful doing or is that something that's actually, um, you know, helpful and good to do if I'm planted and I'm rooted and I know that I'm called to the church that I'm at? Um, Thank you so much. I look forward to uh, hearing what your thoughts are on this. 
Well, David, I loved this question. I'm so glad you asked it on the forum. And um, I, I actually get this one a lot in not in big moments, but in in small conversations, you know, in driving in cars or talking, you know, after meetings with leaders. And I think everyone's looking for, you know, how do I get the right counsel? Um, and, and this question really matters. So I'm really glad you spoke up. And here's what I would say. Uh, to you today is I would highly discourage you from getting counsel from someone if that person isn't, number one, a believer, and number two, if that person isn't for the place where you're planted. And let me explain that. The Bible unequivocally instructs us to get counsel and to get a lot of it. So, Wise counsel, a multitude of counsel is what the word instructs us to do. And I'm even okay with a variety of counsel, especially when you have the maturity to eat the fish and spit out the bones. You know, you mentioned when you're committed and when you're planted. Yeah, you probably can withstand a variety of counsel and have the maturity to sort it out for yourself. But there's one main qualification to me besides them being a believer, is that they have to love the place where I'm planted. In other words, if someone doesn't love my pastor, I am not sure I can trust their voice. I would think it would be the same in my marriage, for example. If Why would I go to someone for advice if they don't love my marriage, if they aren't for my wife? I don't know that I could trust their voice because I don't know that I could trust that they wouldn't speak something into you know, my life and into my heart that wouldn't cause a wedge into my marriage rather than bring me closer. And the same would be true and be said of our relationship with our church, that if someone doesn't love where you're planted, then um, I just wouldn't be going to them for counsel. And I think you have to look at the fruit of their life and the spirit of their heart to where you're planted before you receive their words into into your life. So I hope that helps you today. If you have a question that you'd like to ask on the podcast, I'd encourage you to join the Leading Second Forum on Facebook and uh, send us a DM or ask a question there uh, in the forum. Uh, We would love to answer your question on a future episode of the podcast. All right, so today for my conversation with the one, the only, Lindsay Stewart, um, (laughs) there were so many things we wanted to talk about today. But we sort of landed on wanting to have a conversation about this idea today, ditching balance and embracing rhythm, ditching balance and embracing rhythm. And I guess let me kind of set this up for a minute. A couple years ago, we hit a point of saturation in our ministry. Things were blessed. Things were good. Life was full. But that meant that four letter word busy. That meant we had a lot of things coming at us. I hit a point a couple years ago where I was gone. I think I counted it up. I think I hit over 300 days that year Yeah, uh, where I was gone from home or traveling. And you and Zane came with a lot of those. um, Some. You know, that (laughs) year. But then as Zane approached school age, you and Zane started staying home more and we started trying to figure out 
are we homeschooling? Now she's in school. You know, we were trying to figure all that out. And then because we're gluttons for punishment, we decided to launch a ministry in the middle of all of that, which had the intensity of a church plant to it, had the budget of a church plant, had the, had to build the team, you know, and, and all of those things. And so just in, in all of that, I just know that you know, if you're listening, you're probably the same as us. We just talk a lot about this. Like, yeah. how do we handle all this? Mm-hmm. You know, and how do we get it right? And how do we not miss the mark as a family, you know, while we're trying to do ministry? Well, and I, yeah, it's it's all about getting as much done as possible without burning out, too. You know, I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to end up not being able to do anything at all. <laughs> Oh, totally. And and I heard it said recently, and I've sort of adopted this as like our mantra is there's a difference between burning out and being poured out, mm. that our lives are supposed to be an offering poured out. I yeah. mean, we're supposed to lose our lives. Yep. That's so we're good. supposed to, you know, get in line on behalf of others. Yep. So you're a blessing to the kingdom when you're poured out, but you are of no good when you're burned out, you know. That's so good, too, because I feel like a lot of people in, like, in order to try to not burn out, don't pour themselves out. And so, like, mm. the difference between those two and understanding the difference between those two is really important. Wow, that's that's really true. And um, so then in the quest to get that right, it seems like everybody arrives at kind of our first point here is the, is balance, Hmm. Oh, so we've, you know, we've got to live the perfect life and have the perfect marriage and perfectly balance it all. And I think what we wanted to come on here and say to everyone listening today, I'm sure your world's full like ours and busy like ours and could be busy with ministry, busy with career, busy with kids, you know, dating life. I mean, whatever, just life is full. I think the first thing that we've kind of come to realize is that Balance is a myth. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> that it's, it absolutely doesn't exist. That it's a mirage and the, you keep saying, well, if we just get through summer. You know, well, you say that. I know. You say, I say like, it all the time. After, after summer, like, um, I'm not going to travel as much, which I finally looked at you one time and said, I think it's so cute that you think that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the balance doesn't exist because um, you, you're always, like, I'm always a mom. And right. I'm always a pastor. So I'm 100% a mom. I'm 100% a pastor. I'm 100% a daughter. I'm 100% a sister. I'm 100% a friend. And all of that, uh, you know, like, you can't, it doesn't equal 100%. It equals 900%, you know? Well, and it's like, you know, we try to be the perfect parents. And so we try to do things with our daughter, like no screen time, you know? And then <laughs> what's going on right now, just so you know, is we're recording this in our office here at the church. And our daughter is absolutely in the other room on screen time right now so yeah, that she doesn't walk into yeah. this room. And she's, yeah, I'm, she's on Instagram. So hopefully she's not posting something. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all I'm hoping. But <laughs> So the point is balance is a myth. Yeah. That... The, the people that are pouring themselves out for the kingdom, so many would not say they're balanced. Right. And so if balance then is a myth, then what should our target be? And I said this recently on the podcast, and 
it made its way into the title for this episode, and that's that we need to ditch balance but embrace rhythm. Yeah. That what if we changed our target from being one of balance to one of rhythm? So rhythm means, to me anyways, the same thing as pace. Yeah. You know, when you get the pace right, you can run for a really long time. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, when the pace matches the journey, I mean, my parents have done ultra marathons. You know, they've done like a half marathon one day, followed by a full marathon the next day. And, and, and people have run longer than that. But that's a matter of pace. Yeah. You know, not not being a flash in the pan, but being able to go the distance. The Bible says we're supposed to run to win. Uh, but that doesn't mean a sprint. That means right. a marathon. Yep. And being able to settle in, you know, with with the right um, pace and the right rhythm. So over the last couple of years, we've definitely had moments where we got out of rhythm. Oh, yeah. You know, where, so, okay, balance isn't the target anymore, but we've even had moments where we got out of rhythm, where, where even that got chaotic. So what did we do to get back in rhythm? Well, I feel like, and this will apply to some people um, directly and then maybe others indirectly, but we, um, obviously we travel, you know, for a living and we needed to realize that there was a different rhythm that we were in when we were on the road versus when we're at home. So, um, you know, we do things a little differently on like a day-to-day basis when we're traveling and when we're in different hotels and airplanes and things like that. Um, But what would mess me up is that then I would come home and I'd have to try to, I was trying to keep the same rhythm. And so um, I've now since realized, I think both of us have realized like, there's different rhythms for different seasons. There's different rhythms for different times. And um, identifying those different rhythms can really help you. So for me, like being at home is such a different pace and a different rhythm than when we're on the road. Yep. Well, and I think, too, um, we had to decide uh, really early on in this that we weren't going to look at what everyone else was doing. Yeah. That someone else's win and someone else's rhythm couldn't necessarily be ours because their target was different or totally. their, their goal, their, their assignment, their call was different. Yep. And um, we had to learn to keep our eyes on the prize that we had to realize that that um, we were going to have to build our friendships differently. Yeah. You know, that we were going to have to spend our time differently, our money differently. Like, it was just going to be different. It's not better. It's not worse. Um, we just we just had to get the right target in mind and realize that that what God was calling us to do was going to trump what we saw other people doing. That we right. just couldn't compare. And we couldn't get into that that trap of comparison. Which I think is really like the the trap of comparison is so powerful. And I think it's important we talk about that because social media these days um, is just so strong in, in swaying um, what we believe about what we should be doing or what, um, you know, seeing what others are doing and either being jealous or, or just, you know, like, I mean, sometimes it could be positive, I suppose, because it could give you a kick in the butt if you're being lazy or something like that. But I mean, for the most part, I, I think that we just have to be careful with social media and, um, and, and what it can do to us. Well, like we, we live pretty lean at home and humbly at home. I mean, we have one car. Yeah. We've had one car for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, my Our other car is Uber. 
Well, now you know. Lyft. We switched to Lyft. Shh, yeah, say that. <laughs> this is um, not sponsored by Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, our other our other vehicles, rental cars. Yeah. You know, our other home is hotel rooms, and and meaning we lived a little leaner at home um, because we had another side of our world. But it, you know, when you're living lean in an area. And you cut back in an area and then you look and someone else is living extravagantly in that area. You're like, man, I wish we had that. Totally. And and those kind of I wish we had that, you know, could get us off course really easily. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, if we um, if we um, got into the comparison trap. And I think we need to talk, too, about social media for a second um, to sidebar just on social media. Because social media rhythm in and of itself. Yeah is a really big deal. Yeah. I heard it said, I was listening to a message, I think it was from Passion, um, Passion Conference a couple years ago. And the speaker was talking about the idea of social media rhythm and basically saying it would be maybe the greatest scheme of the enemy and maybe the greatest crime of our generation to arrive at the end and stand before God and give account for our lives and to have missed our call on behalf of social media. Well. You know, because social media got us off track. Yeah. We started living someone else's calling, living someone else's purpose, mm. got into comparison, or just simply wasted such a large amount of time on it. Right. That we spent all of our life watching others do life rather than living our own life and yeah. making our own, you know, difference. Yeah. And um, so I think social media rhythm is powerful. I mean, do we ditch it totally? Or well, do we, I, or do, or do yeah. we use it? I mean, that's the hard thing is because like half the time I just want to delete Facebook and Instagram and be like, you know, live off the grid. <laughs> but then, but then I feel like you want to churn your own butter too. I, I do not. Um, but then, but then you're missing the, that you're missing a very important platform that I think right. you can use and God can use you to use to speak into somebody else's life. So it's it's a it's a very powerful tool and platform. It's just how do you wield it and what place does it have in your life? And well, and so that same speaker, when they were talking about that, they talked about their own social media rhythm, like like that maybe we should be looking at certain times of the day. Mm. We look at social media and um, limit it to just that. You know, they, they say that, you know, we have, what, over 120 sessions on our phone a day. I think there's, like, apps now that, like, tell you, like, how much you spend on certain things, too, which I have not downloaded that because I don't really want to know. But (laughs) And so, um, you know, I think that that even even rhythm on social media. And I know for me, I I read very little, even though I post quite a bit. I want to use it to influence. I want to use it to hopefully communicate something about our ministry and something about, you know, the kingdom. But um, I can't. I can't waste, you know, entire portions of, of my day consuming it all. I want I want to communicate with people. I want to be personable, you know, and respond to messages. And all those things are really important mm-hmm. to me. But I can't just consume every post everywhere. Well, and because- I think it's like a monster. Like you, like the more you, it, like if you try to stay up on everything and try to read everything, I mean, you, it would be a full-time job. So the, the, the bottom line on social media is it's an individual answer, but I think it's it's a rhythm we have to pay attention to yep. right now. Yeah. Um, because we're otherwise that's we're, we're playing into the comparison game. And, and I also heard it said, too, 
and this goes along with social media and comparison, that if your calling takes someone else's gifting to accomplish, it's not your calling. Mm. Meaning sometimes we look at what others are doing and, you know, we take it on ourselves just because it looks like a good idea from social media, but it takes an entirely different set of skills and gifting and, you know, experience than we have. Well, that maybe wouldn't be something God intended for you to do. He has a unique plan for every single person listening. He has something he has graced you to do and equipped you to do. And we've just got to know our lane and run strong in our lane and not be, you know, uh, moving into someone else's lane simply because of a great post of theirs on social media. I just think it's so, it's so uh, tempting. So let's maybe land the plane by trying to talk and and put some words to how do we get the right rhythm? Okay. Um, I mean, what, what have we done just in our little world to um, try to get the right rhythm. I mean, I don't know what's going to work for everybody. Well, but I think it's it's that's the thing is it's different for every. There is no, there is no cookie cutter answer for that because everybody has a different um, calling. Is in a different season. Um, you know, there every every single person has a different rhythm. I think finding um, your individual rhythm is really important, but then also finding your family rhythm. Like if you're in a family, if you have kids, like there's a rhythm to all of that too. Um, and so finding rhythm like in your family and, and, and for yourself is really important. Well, and before we go through a couple of these thoughts, I'll just make sure and say with transparency, we bump our heads on this all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly talking about this and constantly readjusting. Which I think is the, I personally think that's the way that it should be. I mean, I don't, your life should be changing and growing and and moving forward. And so you're not going to be in the same spot. And so what, you know, what, what worked, you know, a a month ago, a year ago, it may not be working and it's okay to change it. That this whole process um, is so imperfect and that's okay. I think like for me, um, I had to, I had to become uh, like, okay with, being imperfect in some of these things, which um, for some, for different personalities, that's different. I think the first thing we learned about finding our rhythm is that our rhythm is found when we're aligned in purpose, that, that our rhythm matches our purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, so we start with purpose. And so, so for example, the rhythm in our marriage is built around our purpose, that Someone else may do a weekly Friday night date night. What we had to do is we like some of our most successful date times have been Wednesday morning breakfasts after we drop our daughter off at school because that was a a day where, you know, I was consistently home and, you know, we could clear our schedules and do that. I've never heard of a Wednesday morning date, Um, (laughs) but we actually kind of started liking it because it it was different, but it matched our purpose. And then we had to be committed to the fact that it wasn't going to happen every week because as soon as we started it, I was gone on a Wednesday or three. And then we went on a month long (laughs) trip. And so the point being is, is we, we find our rhythm in our purpose and, and you know, rather than comparison to somebody else, that, that the rhythm has to match our purpose and that we have a marriage, you know, that's aligned around our purpose, that at the yeah. end of the day, we're still both all in for this thing. Yeah. Um, I think, too, um, we, we find rhythm when we realize that our sacrifice for ministry is going to feel different for us than it will for other people, that we're going to make 
different sacrifices to do what God has called us to do than others will. Yep. Not better, not worse, just different. Yeah. Our sacrifice is going to be different. We shouldn't compare our sacrifice with somebody else, but we should go all in to sacrifice on behalf of what God has called us to do and um, not have a woe is me party, you know, when yeah. when sacrifice feels expensive to us because it will feel something different would feel expensive to somebody else. Right. And we just have to realize that that ministry is going to require us to sacrifice sometimes, um, but it's, it's going to feel different. Uh, for us than it does for others, but that's a good thing when it's aligned around um, our purpose. Yeah. Um, one simple thing we do is we work hard to sync our calendars, that we we are constantly, you know, putting each other on different appointments. We have everywhere from haircuts to, to, to <laughs> yeah. Zane's play practices to, yeah. you know, whatever. We, we're just constantly using um, technology and and looking at those things and you know, sometimes we get running fast and we forget to talk about it, you know, but at least we're trying to use every every tool possible. So yep. I know we do that pretty regularly. Um, we also, I think a big one, is we only do what we should be doing. Yeah, well, and that's, I think that's something that has been over the last probably three years been something that we have really been doing well and trying, we're not... I mean, we definitely aren't there yet, but we've been really trying to get to the point where, um, you know, you can run really hard and fast at the things that only you can do. And then some other things, um, someone else can help with that. And um, I think, again, different personalities will have a harder time with this than I feel like maybe um, like if I'm talking to like a mom out there. Um, I feel like sometimes we feel like the be all end all everything to our kids, which we are, but there's, there's only, there's certain things that only I can do for Zane. And then there's certain things that someone else could do for her. Um, but maybe I feel like I should, or even maybe mm. want to, but like it's at a time where I can't. Um, and so I think, like, I don't know, I don't know if you deal with daddy guilt. I There's such a thing as mommy guilt. I don't know if there's a daddy guilt. Well, I don't. I don't. But. I was going to say, I'm not, I don't know if that's a, a, a real thing, uh, daddy guilt, but. I think for a guy, it's more provider guilt. Like, I want to take care of my family. Okay. Not, not like, it's different, I think. Yeah, it is different. I think that it's important to realize, like, no one can love your kids like mm. like a mom can. No one can, um, you know, be there for, like, the conversations and, and things like that. But, like, little things like I love and use Instacart. I don't know if you know what Instacart is, but it's this thing where you go to the <laughs> website or now, like, I have the app on my phone, and I order my groceries, and they are delivered to my home. And so someone else does the grocery shopping. Now, I'm still feeding my family. I'm making sure that they're fed, but I didn't have to go to the grocery store. I didn't have to take Zane to the grocery store. I didn't, like, I I was working on something else, or I've done it, like, on a plane. I've done it, you know, like, sitting in a coffee shop when I, like, had just gotten done with a meeting. Like, I didn't have to do the grocery shopping. I'm still providing food for my family, but I didn't have to do the grocery shopping. And, well, and for the, for the few dollars of 
a delivery charge, which, by the way, kudos to Lindsay. She did score us free delivery for a year. <laughs> I did that ended yesterday, by the way. Oh, oh no. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe this conversation's mute now. <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, for the few dollars of the delivery charge, that was a few moments we got to stay home and have precious moments at home because for us, those, those are truly precious. Mm-hmm. And someone else can do that. And yeah. I just think if you're going to lead in the kingdom, you have to be okay with asking for help. Yeah. And um, there are for 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 leaders, especially campus pastors listening and um, executive level leaders listening at churches. I mean, there are people that that would love to help you. Yeah. Um, maximize your moment on the weekends with your kids and, you know, with with managing your life. So just don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, we don't we don't have to do everything. We don't have to be superhuman. Yeah you know, to, to be effective in ministry. I think the last thing too, with finding rhythm is we do it together mm-hmm. is that we, you know, we, we can't cross the line and have had, um, a single rider, you know, on the ride. Like, like we, we have to do it together yeah. and we have to, um, we have to take the journey together. And if one of us is, you know, excelling and starting to experience some progress in an area, it's our job to bring the other one along. And we both have moments like that where we we hit our stride and it's our job to help the other one find their stride. And that's like, we're we're just constantly trying to do it together. And um, I mean, for example, if if I'm going to be gone on a trip, I get permission for it. And, you know, in maybe... um, maybe applicable for someone who doesn't travel as much. I read in Wayne Cadero's book, Leading on Empty, which is a fantastic book. Um, I read in his book that, um, you know, he says, if I'm, if I'm gone one or two nights a week, great. If I'm gone, you know, three nights in a week, I get permission. If I'm gone four nights in a week, no go. There must be a better way. You know, meaning meaning there's a system there's a rhythm to it. Yeah. You know, there's permission given. There, there's a, there, there's a strategy there, and um, you know, we 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 do it together by controlling the language of our house. I mean, when I get ready to leave on a trip, we don't walk around the house saying, "Well, Dad's gonna leave." Right. You know, we're Dad. Gonna, we're so sad. We're or, so sad. Yeah. We're gonna. You know, we. I go to Zane and I say, "Zane, will you pray for Dad that Dad will be effective in helping churches?" And. Um, I'm just watching her, the older she gets, she still loves this thing. Yeah. And I think it's because we framed it with our language. We framed it. She, she's secure in ministry and, and she's secure in our love for her at the same time. We're just, we're together in it. In fact, in our office, you know, she has a desk here. Mm-hmm. She rarely ever uses it, mainly because we get here, come here to escape <laughs> and, and get things done. Um, but the reason but it's here, it's here. Mm-hmm. And we put it here as a sign to her that she always has a place. Like we are doing this together. We are yeah. doing this as a unit. And um, she walked in today and was so excited to go sit at her desk and have her, you know, spot. So we're just constantly doing it together. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, I think, um, when we, I mean, you say ask permission, I think it's more like we have a conversation about like, um, you know, where, what's, what's going on when, and, and what's, how, how is this important? And does this fit into, to what, you know, we feel God's calling us to do. And a lot of times it can feel like sacrifice, you know, like I think back to last year, um, on our wedding anniversary, you were in the Philippines. (laughs) I was not. (laughs) 
Um, but that was a decision that we made together. Yeah. And so it was a sacrifice, but it was, um, it was something that I was on board with and I was okay with. And so it wasn't, I didn't feel, um, lonely, left out, abandoned on my anniversary. Um, I mean, I told him like, you're going to buy me something pretty spectacular. <laughs> um, but, but like there, that was something that we decided together. And I feel like if you find yourself making, um, you have to make the decisions together to sacrifice because then, um, I mean, it doesn't take the sting out of sacrifice all the time, but you can remind yourself that it that the sacrifice is for a purpose. The sting of sacrifice, you know, will always be there a little bit, right? Right. Um, but you can at least remind yourself, you know, this is this is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And again, when you're aligned and when you've, you know, hopefully found your rhythm, um, yeah, we're, we're all supposed to make right sacrifices, in other words. Your yeah. sacrifice is going to be different than ours, um, but it's all right when it's when it's toward what God has called you to do. So let's land the plane by just reminding you of this. When you set out to pursue purpose, when you set out to put Jesus first and answer the call of ministry, there are going to be gaps. You are... You are never going to be able to be all things to all men. You know, there there are right. going to be gaps. And so the probably the single greatest thought that has held us together as we're trying to run strong and find our rhythm is this thought, Jesus fills in the gaps. Yep. That if if our lives are totally lived for his purpose, like if we are pointed toward him, if we're doing everything we can to fulfill the great commission and build the church and live our lives around his kingdom, we just have to trust that he is all sufficient, that that he shows up when we can't. When we get to our end, he is more than enough, that he is ever present and he is faithful. And so that was a prayer that we that we heard from a friend and we started praying was Jesus fill in the gaps right now. Fill in the gaps that we don't even see. Fill in the gaps that we can't meet. And um, I just think purpose-driven families can expect Jesus to fill in the gaps. That in all of its imperfections and in all of its sacrifices, we've just found he's more than enough. And for all the price that's been paid, we have incredible joy. And I wake up every day excited for what we get to do. um, Because we're hopefully finding our rhythm. We're hopefully finding our pace. But then Jesus shows up yeah, and he's supernatural and he's our counselor and he's our guide. And, um, and he, he just, he meets every single need. And I guess we're just now a few years on in ministry and uh, we are fire tested now proof that, that Jesus is alive, that he is good, yeah. that he is working, that he is faithful, that he is kind, and that he is leading all of us toward, you know, more of his purpose and more of his promise uh, when our lives are totally uh, lived around his call and lived around his purpose. That's good. So, Leading Second, we love you. Uh, we believe in you. Yep. I pray that whatever you're facing today— I pray that you will continue to work hard to find your pace. Don't don't worry about balance. Uh, ditch it. It's a mirage. It's a yeah. embrace rhythm. Ask God's help for you um, when it comes to finding your pace. Run your lane. At the end of the day, uh, we're not here to impress others. We're not here to impress men. We're here to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful 
servant. Amen? Amen. That's good. If this uh, podcast has resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. I want to encourage you to subscribe uh, to the podcast. We show up in your uh, feed or your reminders, uh, your notifications every single Thursday morning when we release our episodes. Um, also, jump over and leave a rating, a comment, and share the podcast with someone who may not know about it yet. Also, I want to encourage you to join us August 6th through the 8th here in Tacoma, Washington for Team Church Conference. If you're within any reasonable distance. Make sure you head out here. You still have time to get involved with Team Church Conference this year. If you can't be here in person, head to teamchurchconference.com and we have a live experience we want to offer you uh, for those of you who aren't able to join us here. And Leading Second has a part at Team Church Conference this year. Uh, We have um, an area in the lobby. We'd love to say hi to you. And Um, with uh, merch, we're going to have some new merch. That's right. And we may have it available online. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, man, lots of good things happening there. So make sure you're part of the conference in some way, shape, or form. So we love you, Leading Second. Let's run strong for the kingdom and let's lead in an uncommon way together. Uh